Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so thrilled to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author, and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who keep me loving, learning, and growing every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together, and we've got a lot of wonderful people to help us along the way. Now, bullying is a hot topic these days. Of course it is. Studies tell us that more and more bullying can have a lasting effect on a person's mental health, not to mention we hear tragic stories about children feeling hopeless and helpless when they are being bullied, even some who've turned to hurting themselves or suicide because they don't see an easy way out. As a person who was bullied during my fifth grade year, I can relate to feeling so frustrated and upset and misunderstood and stuck and overwhelmed and targeted while I was being bullied. And I vowed that I would do whatever it took to help young people to feel confident in their own skin, speak up when they see something is not right, and help the adults who love kids to know some tips and scripts to be helpful when a child is indeed being bullied like myself and may like maybe your child or many other children that we know and love. You've heard the podcast with Rosalind Wiseman when we spoke about creating a culture of dignity among young people and we did of course touch on the topic of bullying. Now we have one of my friends and colleagues, Carrie Goldman on the show to talk about bullying in particular. Carrie Goldman is an award-winning author of Bullied, what every parent, teacher, and kid needs to know about ending the cycle of fear. Bullied has received a National Parenting Publication Award and a Mom's Choice Award, both at the gold medal level, for excellence in educational skills and tools. Carrie has also written for such publications as the New York Times, CNN, Psychology Today, and the Huffington Post. She's made appearances on everything from NPR to BBC to MSNBC to CNN and Fox. In addition to her expertise in bullying dynamics, Carrie writes one of the nation's premier adoption blogs, Portrait of Adoption, which has followers in more than 45 countries. Her acclaimed children's chapter book is Jazzy's Quest, Adopted and Amazing. That came out in June 2015. And the sequel, Jazzy's Quest, What Matters Most, which came out in November of 2016. You can find out more about our fabulous guest, Carrie Goldman, at carriegoldmanauthor.com. We are so excited to have you on for this one. We know we're having you on again to talk about adoption, but for this one, we're going to focus on bullying. We're so thrilled to have you. Carrie Goldman, thank you so much for joining us on how to talk to kids about anything. Thank you so much for having me, Robin. I'm I'm very happy to be with you. Oh, well, we're thrilled to have you too. I know you've had some busy times lately, and we're really happy that after such busy weekends, I know you had your daughter's bat mitzvah this past weekend, you are still here with us, bright and early, ready to go. Always ready to go. <laughs> That's the motto. <laughs> As a parent is. And so <laughs> before we get in the meat of the matter, for those who haven't had the opportunity and the pleasure to meet you and read your fabulous book, um, your books, your listen to you speak, would you just take a moment to tell us 
what gets you up in the morning? What are you thinking about before you go to sleep at night? You know, what are you passionate about and why bullying? Well, it all started, interestingly enough, um, I'd say seven to eight years ago now, when my oldest child, who was a first grader, was having experiences at school being bullied. And at the time, I was a journalist and a parenting writer, and I would write about all different topics. And I started writing about my daughter's experiences being bullied. And the responses from people around the world were so effusive and so unbelievably um, empathetic Mm -hmm. that I realized that my daughter's story was striking a responsive chord with people everywhere. And I took a basically like a two year sabbatical where I stopped writing about everything else. And I intensely researched bullying and bullying related um, behaviors, why they happen, how to how to change them, how to make it better. And that was the groundwork for my book bullied. And so ever since then, um, I just find it fascinating to continue to deepen my interest in this topic. It's not just bullying now, but it's also just how to help kids deal with any unhappy social experience, whether it's just normal social conflict or fighting with friends or feeling excluded, all which are not necessarily the same as being bullied. And, you know, having three kids who range somewhat widely in age, I've got a little six-year-old and I've got a teenager and one in between, I'm, I'm definitely seeing the full range of behaviors and how they change. So it's fascinating for me to think about how the techniques that I used to help my six-year-old with social pain have to be completely different from the ones I used to help my teenager. Mm-hmm. And I love to think about that. I love that too. You know, you mentioned something about how certain things, well, you know, it's not, maybe it's not bullying, maybe it's something else, but it's all related to social pain. I would love for you to just give us like the small vocabulary lesson, because this gets really garbled up. How do I know the difference between bullying and what is considered really normal social conflict? Well, that's a great question. And there actually are some pretty easy criteria that you can use to check and see what situation you're facing. So let's say your child gets in the car, you know, and says, mom or dad, they're being mean to me. Kids are being mean to me. Before you have a panic attack, (laughs) slow down and take a deep breath. And these are the things you need to ascertain to determine whether or not it's bullying or normal social conflict. One, is it repetitive? Bullying has three categories, and they must all be fulfilled for it to be considered bullying. So bullying is repetitive. It's unwanted, meaning that it's not just kidding. Lots of times the kids who are doing the bullying, when called out on it, will say, I was just kidding. Mm -hmm. But if your kid doesn't think it's funny, if your kid's not laughing, then it's not really just kidding because both parties have to be laughing for it to be kidding. So you ask your kid, is this repetitive? You know, has it been going on for more than a few days Mm -hmm. are they laughing but inside you're crying you know so that it's not just kidding and then here's the the important one this is the one that distinguishes bullying from normal social conflict and that is is there a power imbalance yes and kids might have trouble understanding what that means so i'll give you two or three examples of a power imbalance if it's multiple kids against your kid if it's an older or bigger kid Mm -hmm. against your kid, if it's a kid with more perceived popularity, someone who has a thousand Instagram followers and your kid only has 20. Mm -hmm. 
one of the ways you can tell if there's a power imbalance is you could ask your kid this simple question. You could say, are you afraid that if you confront this kid, that kid could make other people stop hanging out with you? So a power imbalance is someone who has the power to say to other kids, don't hang out with him, don't hang out with her. Otherwise, it's normal social conflict. Think about the two friends who might constantly get into fights and say mean things to each other, and it really is painful, it really is repetitive, no one's kidding, but neither kid is afraid the other one's gonna ruin their social life. Mm -hmm. Neither kid's afraid to say to the other kid, cut it out, you're being a jerk. It's that fear of the power balance that lets you know, oh wait, this is not normal social conflict, this is probably something more. Oh, I love that. I think that question has uh, just a great way of getting at the soul of the mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And you and I think very similarly about this. When I talk about bullying, I also talk about that power imbalance. And, you know, we even see it with kids who may have special needs versus oh, yeah. somebody who might be typically developing. Um, and, you know, that there are kids who... Are, are seen as you know weaker or maybe just less significant in the realm of the peers like oh they're not they're not the the popular ones they're not right. the ones that people want to sit with and you know that can be a really frustrating situation i i think that power imbalance is very important because we do hear a lot about kids who are saying things like you know oh you know this this person is mean to me um and especially when she's with this person this person and this person they're mm-hmm. that much more mean well how much more powerful did that person just get so maybe when they're alone they may not really be in a situation where they're um, bullying or they're uh, making making it very hard for you and you feel like you can handle yourself but that- when they pair up or they make a group right. that right. same child it's uh, it's amazing and that's actually one of the reasons why if you do think it's probably normal social conflict that that turns into bullying when they're together your best chance is to isolate that person out from their peers when you talk to them about the Mm. behaviors you know a social worker should pull the child who's the aggressor in individually away from the peers to try and break through not pull them in as a group I think that's important. And um, being somebody who was bullied when I was younger, they did not do that. And uh, it was incredibly painful my entire fifth grade year, um, feeling like you know, with everybody was sort of put in the same boat when it was not, you know, she was the captain of the ship and really needed to be uh, talked to separately. One exactly. of the main reasons why I really got into this topic and find it as interesting as you. Um, why don't you take us through the steps. Let's say your child does admit to you that, you know, somebody has been um, repetitively, you know, in a very unwanted fashion, um, and the power imbalance is, is active, and they're, they're, she's, they feel like they are being um, picked on, uh, teased, but ultimately, it's it's really the definition. It's bullying. Now, Mm -hmm. what are you going to say or do? Well, the first thing you should always say, no matter what, is thank you for telling me. Right. Thank Mm -hmm. you for coming to me with this. Because there is such a culture of silence around getting help 
and such a fear of retaliation. And there are also many kids who are afraid to tell their parents because they think the parents are going to fly off the handle. I'm going to call that mom and give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to call the school and give them a piece of my mind. And that that child will often not tell you if they're afraid that your response is going to be super emotional. So you want to start with just a thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for telling me that, you, that you're having this experience. Thank you for sharing this with me so you're not so alone. Right, right. The, sec- the second thing you want to say, and it's really important that these two messages go out initially. It, the second thing you want to say is, you don't deserve this. Oh, yeah. This is not something you deserve because what happens is a child who is being bullied starts to internalize the message and they start to think, why is this happening Mm -hmm. to me? It must be because I did something. I must have done some, I must be too fat or I must have been socially awkward or, Mm -hmm. you know, they start to try and justify this behavior that's happening. And so the only thing that makes sense is to think, well, I must have done something. So the, the really important message after thanking them is, telling them right off, you don't deserve this. Now, this is particularly important if you have a child who has behaviors that are aggressive or are socially different. Wow, that's really powerful, yes. And the reason I say that is that there are lots of kids who might be either on a spectrum or have ADHD Mm -hmm. or who lash out. And so they get the message from people you're being mistreated because mm. you're different. Mm-hmm. You're being mistreated because you're annoying. Yes. That's a classic one. You're being mistreated because you're annoying. So here's what you want to say to that child. You want to say to that child, even if your behaviors irritate someone else, your behaviors that often you can't help because they're mm-hmm. part of who you are, that does not mean you deserve to be purposefully mistreated by others. And we have to make that clear. You are not being bullied because you are annoying. Mm -hmm. You're being bullied because other people are choosing to be unkind. And we want to make sure children understand that. I like that. I like that there's a choice involved that you're you're stressing. That one, your behaviors are not a choice in this situation and that we're talking about. And and secondly, that those people who are choosing to bully you are making a deliberate choice. And that's really an important distinction. And I do think that people get that message. You have some really important things to say here. One is really based on bravery, you know, and the thank you for coming for you know, coming to me, you know, because that, that is, it takes a lot of bravery and courage mm-hmm. to admit a that ton. it's happening and, and to say, um, this is, I, this is too heavy for me to hold alone. And the second thing I think really important that you, you're worthy of kindness. You know, you're, you're, not, you're not somebody who should be mistreated simply because somebody else finds your behaviors irritating. Um, that's, that's not, you're not making the choice to be irritating and they are making the choice to be mean. And that doesn't mean that we don't want to work with our sure. kids on changing those uh, behaviors to make them pro-social. But as I say, Everybody sort of has to work on it together. So let's say you have a child whose behaviors are annoying. While you're helping that child work on more pro-social behaviors, you need to teach the other kids how to say something such as, when you stand so close to me and talk loudly in my face, I find it difficult to focus, Mm -hmm. as opposed to that child saying, get out of my face, you loser. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference. We have to teach everyone how to talk with respect and kindness. 
Yes, I, I had recently spoken with um, with some other people about these kinds of issues. And uh, one of the things that one of my colleagues who's also on a podcast, Wendy Young, she's, she's telling us to talk about a bug and a wish. Mm-hmm. She says, you say, you know, uh, it bugs me when you speak so closely to my face. Mm -hmm. I wish you would stand a little bit further from me when you want my attention. And we use that in my house. But I think that that's an important thing here that in this circumstance, when um, somebody is irritating you, and this is a life skill, I mean, this is not just for bullying, right? This is any time that you're able to say it in a way that doesn't demean the other person um, and provides them with the, the the social knowledge that what they're doing is maybe infringing on your personal space or making you feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I, I really think that's, uh, you've hit the nail on the head there. And, and that's really an important, an important piece. So I like the script and I think that's all important, but one of the complicated issues that come up, as you know, is mm-hmm. that when you have a child, <laughs> it's not always like the, you know, the quote unquote, like storybook bully that's picking on them, right? It's really the friend, right? And Mm -hmm. so what are you supposed to do or say when your child comes to you and says, you know, this child is, is doing these behaviors, they are unwanted, I, I feel threatened in a way. And that child is saying, but I still want to be friends with her or I still want to be friends with him. So now what situation am I in? What am I supposed to do here? Well, you're in a more complicated situation, definitely. Um, And unfortunately, this is often the more likely case. Mm -hmm. Most of what kids go through is bullying within their peer groups. And funnily enough, within each different um, group, you sort of have this same dynamic. So within the group of girls or boys that are the most popular, they have their tier of, of bullying behaviors and within the group of kids that are on any sports team or the computer kids or whoever, they all kind of jockey for social position within their own groups. So regardless of which group your kid is in, whether your child is the most popular or the least popular, they probably do experience social pain and, and jockeying for position. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's normal. So reassure your kid, this is you know, this is a common experience. I know it feels really awful, but it's, it's not happening just to you. Reassure your child that even the kids who are at the top of the social pecking order mm-hmm. struggle with feelings of insecurity. Um, so then you have a couple things you need to help your child figure out. One is whether or not the person that they want to be friends with is a, a friend that provides them with the qualities that a healthy friendship has. So there's a great chart that Trudy Ludwig, who wrote My Secret Bully, that she made, and it's called the Good Friends, Bad Friends chart. And I included it in my book also. Mm -hmm. And basically, if your kid is saying, you know, I I really want to be with this person, but they don't want to be with me, you want to ask your child, well, when you're with that kid, do you feel welcome? Or do you feel like you're just standing on the fringes hoping to be included? And you want to say, you know, do you feel like that kid talks to you always when they see you because they're happy to see you? Or do they just talk to you till someone better comes along? Painful. So painful. Uh You want to ask that kid when 
you know, when this person is not near you, do they say good things about you? Or do they say unkind things about you? Mm-hmm. You know, so good friends say good things about you when you're not around. Bad friends say bad mm-hmm. things. And here's one of the most important. Good friends let you choose your own other friends. Mm. Bad friends make you feel like you have to have a certain um, group of friends. So let's say that you're walking to school with someone who you're desperate to be friends with. And you see another kid who you really like and who you care about. Mm -hmm. But you're afraid to go over and talk to the other one because you're afraid of the disapproval of the the friend you want. That's telling you the problem isn't with the person you're ashamed to be seen with. The problem is with the person who's giving off the vibe, you can't be friends with that person. Right. Right. So you want to teach your kid how to assess these things. Finally, if your child determines, yep, the, the truth is that I'm in a, I want to be friends with this person, but he or she really doesn't want to be friends with me. You have to remember that relationships are always at the level of the least involved person. So if you want to be best friends with someone and that person doesn't want to be best friends with you, mm-hmm. you're not best friends. If you want to be dating someone and that person doesn't want to be dating you, you aren't dating. You always have to go to, you know, you always are at the level of the least involved person. So if you find that you have a real imbalance that your attraction, and I don't mean romantically, but I mean as a friend, if your attraction level to someone does not match their attraction level to you, as painful as it is, you cannot change that. You cannot make someone want to be with you more than they do. And so your best bet at that point is to go and look for friends who do match your attraction and interest level. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've just been sitting here writing and starring things that you've said. I, I love that you're talking about, you know, do they let you choose your own friends or not? Mm-hmm. And I love that you're talking about that it's at the level of the least involved person. That is so intuitive and, and important to relay and painful. And I know, I, I mean, yes. I, I've been on the, sort of receiving end of the, you know, the person who would talk to me and invite me over and wanted to be my best friend when Mm -hmm. I was alone with her. But when Mm -hmm. she was around other people, wouldn't talk to me, acknowledge me, or would be mean to me. And uh, it really shaped. It's damaging. Yeah, it's still still shaped for me. And if I'm just being completely blunt and honest, it it's still shaped for me how I deal with my relationships now, for mm-hmm. better or for worse. Yep, it affects us. It affects us and the trust level, you know, I, I love my friends and I will keep them forever. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I feel that there are, you know, there's some barriers I have to get through in the beginning of certain relationships because I'm still raw from fifth grade. You're scarred. Yes. You're scarred. Yeah. Absolutely. And I see it with my own, you know, my own daughter. I Mm -hmm. see it, you know, who my oldest daughter who has had the most difficulty socially, she's Mm -hmm. a little different Mm -hmm. and um, kids who are different are more at risk. Yeah. And I just see with her that desperate desire to be included, but also the walls, the protective walls Mm -hmm. that she puts up and, and I understand that that is a defense response. Mm-hmm. Mm, 
Beautiful. It's like, I, I think what you're hitting on is just so important because instead of walking away from this podcast, just knowing that bullying is a problem and maybe one or two things to do, we actually are getting the words to say. And I, I'm sure that other parents feel such a relief to have that uh, bit of information. Can you tell us what happens? Because it, I mean, I feel like this happens often. Like what happens if you know your child is on the receiving end of being bullied, um, mm-hmm. but they're not going to let you help. They've said they mm. want you to stay out of it. They mm-hmm. they don't want you to to get involved. Now, what what does that leave us? You know, where does that leave us? What should we do? What do we say? So, so first of all, again, you thank them for even telling you, mm-hmm. because even if you think that they're not letting you help in the ways you want to help by being a person they can talk to, you are helping mm. because they're no longer carrying that burden alone. So some parents really struggle with the idea of I can't call the school. I can't call the parents. What you have to understand in that case is just by saying, talk to me. You're, you're easing your child's burden. So you are already helping and you're doing something right if your kid is even telling you about this because that means your kid is seeing you as someone to confide in. So good job right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second thing is you might want to try and figure out why they don't want you to help. Usually <laughs> the reason they don't want you to help is they are afraid that your help will lead to a situation in which they're retaliated against. Exactly. Okay, so they're afraid you'll get the other kid in trouble and then that kid will treat them worse. So I actually have a worksheet and I can email Mm, it to you that I have kids do with their parents. And to take away some of that fear of mom or dad is going to make it worse, I say that what you want to do is find out three specific things from your child. You want to, before you decide whether or not to like make a report to the school. The first thing you want to ask is what are the specific behaviors that are happening to your child. Mm -hmm. So instead of just calling the school and saying, they're being mean to my child, Mm -hmm. you want to be able to say, at lunchtime, when she puts her tray down at the table, everyone else picks up their tray and walks away. Mm. Or when my son speaks up in class, everyone rolls their eyes and snickers. Mm -hmm. Or you want the very specific behaviors. You want to stay away from the labels of mean or bully. So the first thing is, what is happening? The second question that you want to ask your child is, how is this affecting you specifically? And it might be, well, mom, I'm hiding in the bathroom during lunch because Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to go in the cafeteria. Or, well, I have a stomach ache and can't do PE because I don't want them to see me change into my gym uniform. Mm -hmm. Or it could be the chance where your kid says, mom, I'm cutting. Or, mom, Mm -hmm. I'm binging and purging. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to give your kid a chance to say, these are the behaviors that's happening. This is how they're affecting me. And then the third part of the paper, and this is the most important one, is what would you like to see happen Ask in, in the kid's ideal world? Maybe all the kid wants is have the locker changed. Maybe all the kid wants is for, you know, the PE teacher to have a, a talk with the, the kids involved about mm-hmm. how everybody is a different body. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know, but give your child a chance to have a say instead of feeling like you're the one that's going to go storming into the school trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. And so once you've got that worksheet, it's much easier for a school because it's very hard for schools if you call and say they're being mean, do something. That's not really very actionable information. Right. But if you call a school and say this is what's happening in this period, this is how she or he feels about it, and this is what my kid would like to see happen, at least you have a starting point for trying a solution. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, this is very important that it's actionable. And I think that usually when, you know, these behaviors start to happen, you know, it's great that we can write down what's happening. We can even write down the date that, you know, our mm-hmm. child is telling us about record. it. Right. right? Be- that so that you see the consistent, when did this happen? You know, and oh, this happened again. And now you've got, you know, the dates and where it happened. And, and the school needs that too, and to be honest. Yes, exactly. The school will need that so that they they can address it. And when they're filling out the reports, and especially I mean, in New Jersey, we, we, we go to the, the nth degree on this, but when they're filling out the reports, they're able to write down those specific behaviors, exactly what, ha- what had happened, and also call in other people who may have been eyewitnesses or bystanders in those situations mm-hmm. and be able to say, you were at lunch on Thursday. And yep. I understand you were sitting over here what did you see happen? Exactly. So there's, a re- there's many reasons that, you know, we can do this you know, to call in other people to be, you know, to make sure that we're uh, putting people in place in the situation mm-hmm. where it's happening, right? The where, yep. Um, yep. the when, we know it's happening in the hallways at this specific time, we can, you know, the school can be more on it. So I think that's, that's really important information. What I want to turn this on its ear because we're mm-hmm. talking so much about what what do we do if our child says that they're bullying? Now, what what are you going to do as a parent or how would you advise others if you find out your child is the one who is the aggressor, that they're the ones who may be involved in some way, maybe not the ringleader, but maybe, you know, or they're with friends and not and not saying something. What what do you do in that situation when your child is is causing pain to somebody else? The first thing you do is don't dismiss. If if a parent comes to you and says your son or your daughter is doing this, do not as hard as it is, do not dismiss it and say oh she must have been kidding or oh he oh, must have been kidding. Good point. You know, do just simply fight any urge to dismiss the behavior. <laughs> because right. a lot of times that is the first response is right. to say, she must have been kidding oh, or, I, you know, right. I'm sure he didn't mean it. That, that's a classic one. I'm sure she didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. Instead, if you're that parent, the first thing you need to do is offer empathy and understanding. So, and even if you're not sure your kid engaged in the behavior, don't start with, I, I don't think she meant it. Start with, I'm sorry your son or daughter is having this hard time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry that this is happening to your kid. Mm-hmm. That sounds so awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Start with that. You're not even accepting blame at that mm-hmm. point. You're just empathizing with another parent's pain. Right. Oh, I can only imagine how hard this is for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. to make this call. Let me let me look into this. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I I will absolutely look into this. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're not sure that your kid really did do what's said, because a lot of times stuff goes around, kids tell lies. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe maybe your son or daughter didn't do it, what they're being accused of initially. Just start with empathy and let me investigate this because I assure you that I will find out what's going on and I will take you know action. The second thing is that when we have any kind of bullying situation, a punitive response is going to just make an angry or hostile kid more angry and more hostile and will not make that kid feel any differently towards the target. Mm-hmm. So if there's, for example, cyber bullying behaviors, if your very first response is, you know, you've lost your phone for the next month mm-hmm. because of this, 
all your kid's going to do is be even more angry at the person who made the report. So what we try to focus on instead are asking kids to do a restorative response. Mm. Find out, you know, if, if it was a cyber activity your child did and maybe your child sent a rumor to all these different people, instead, have your child reach out and contact those people and say, hey, I learned this wasn't true. I'm sorry I started it. Or have your child reach out to the kid who's being ostracized and targeted and, you know, invite that kid to sit with him or her at lunch. Mm-hmm. Find ways to restore the relationships rather than focus so much on punishing your child. Now, it might be that part of what happens is, and we've, you know, we've certainly done this with my child when she's misused her phone. Part of what happens might be that you do indeed lose your phone mm-hmm. for a period of time, but it has to be paired with some kind of restorative response. Always, always the response should be, how can we make this better? Not how can we cover this up? Mm-hmm. How can, so you shift your focus from defending and justifying. You shift your focus as a parent from saying, well, my child did this, but it's only because your child did that. Shift your focus from that defending and justifying and instead focus on restoration and say, well, you know, how can we how can we improve the situation? Oh, how insightful is that? Just that quick shift, remembering mm-hmm. to breathe and mm-hmm. take that moment and instead of having the knee-jerk reaction right realize Which is when adults have a problem with this too i mean adults are very quick to defend and justify when called out on their mistakes sure. and really the fastest way to smooth things over is to be brave enough to say wow you know i hurt you what can i do to make it better right not right. even to say I didn't mean to hurt you. I shouldn't, you know, don't take it that way. Because that's sort of a victim blaming response, a you're too sensitive response. Mm-hmm. That, that, oh, you shouldn't take it that way. It's not what I meant. Even that doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. All you need to say is, I certainly never meant to hurt you. How can I make you feel better? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, this is this is really helpful. So tell us out of all of the things that we've talked about, or maybe you haven't even mentioned yet, what is the absolute one tip? This is our quick tip area. Like, What's that <laughs> one tip that you absolutely feel like somebody should say or do when it comes to talking to your child about bullying? What would it be? I think the number one tip is when you talk to your kids, you start off by saying to them, Most kids, by the time they come to an adult for help with bullying, it's been going on for a, you know, a very long time. And the reason they don't come for help is because they're afraid of being seen as weak or a tattletale. Usually the kids who ask for help are shockingly strong because they've been enduring this pain for God knows how long before they asked for help. So what you want to tell your kids is, you'll never make your situation worse by getting help sooner. Mm. If you're struggling, even if it, let's say it is just normal social conflict. And in normal social conflict, we didn't get a chance to really discuss this, but in normal social conflict, the best thing a parent can do is hang back a little because there is no fear of the power imbalance. You can offer support, you can offer ideas, but you really do want to send your child back to be the one to talk to the person they're in conflict with. So even if it's just normal social conflict, you want to say, hey, It'll never hurt you to come talk to me sooner and bounce things off of me. If it's bullying, then it's different. 
it's you don't hang back and you don't send your kid back into the situation because someone is being victimized in bullying and that's the difference between social conflict and bullying someone is both can be painful but in bullying someone is being victimized and it's a very different dynamic mm-hmm. so you you just want to get out the message to your kids hey if you're hurting you know you can never make things worse by coming and talking to someone sooner mm-hmm. so would you say that there kind of needs to be a pre-conversation. You know, if your child is not involved in a situation right now where they're being bullied or they're involved with some kind of social aggression, that you can have a conversation with them right now, you know, when they get home from school about being that person for them. That, you know, that if they're ever in a situation um, where they feel like they're being victimized or they just want to talk something out, that you are there for them, that this is something you can talk about right now. It is. And the other thing you can talk about with them is, and, and this is more to the effect of, of the bystanders, that there's really never a case to be made for being just a bystander. Like you can always act as a witness or an ally to someone in trouble. Now, let's say that your child sees someone being picked on and they don't feel comfortable, you know, saying something in that moment. That's okay. You can still act as a witness or an ally by letting, you know, a teacher at the school know what's happening, even if you do it anonymously, by sending a text later, hey, I saw what was going on, can I help you, by checking in with someone. So if you see it happening and you just say nothing, that's the only unacceptable response. Mm -hmm. We want to empower our kids from an early, early age so that if you see someone being mistreated, you support them. And one of the mistakes we make actually as a society is that we think standing up to bullying often means confronting or attacking the attacker. Mm -hmm. But the best way to stand up to bullying is not to attack the attacker. It's not to go and tell that person, you're a bully, you're Mm -hmm. mean, you're terrible. It's actually to go and and flood the target with Mm -hmm. support. Mm -hmm. It's to say, you're valuable, you're okay, you matter. Yes, right, because then you're giving the attention really where it needs to be. Right? right, you're giving the support right. and the attention. When you go to the bully, they right. feel more powerful, right? They're so feeling. You, you like want to teach even your, you know, you want to teach even your your preschoolers. Uh, you know, someone's being picked on on the playground at preschool. Instead of shoving the bully and saying you're mean or you're you can't play with us because you're mean, go to the person who's crying because their tower was knocked down and say, "Can I help you rebuild it?" Mm. Be a fixer. Yep. Okay, I like that. Um, And I think that it's great that you can do that as young as a preschool age. Oh, yeah. And you can, you know, and we can do that as old as we are, right? (laughs) Well, it's funny because when I first was, you know, years ago when I first started doing this, I remember my girls would, who were younger than would have fights and (laughs) I'd hear one of them say, you know, I'm going to tell mom. And the other one would say, well, this is just normal social conflict. So she's just going to tell us to work this one out. (laughs) Even the littlest of children can learn the the language. Yes. And it just goes to show you that if you talk to your kids, then you provide the scripts, they actually adopt your scripts and start talking about it themselves. Right. I love when my kids start to sound like me. I'm like, I say that. Wait a second. (laughs) 
Yes, you definitely sound like me too. (laughs) That's awesome. So resource of the week. So how can our listeners find out more about you and how you can help parents and children succeed in this area of bullying? How can they get more information? Well, they, I mean, I have my website, which is www.carriegoldmanauthor.com. Or they can, you know, just put Carrie Goldman, C-A-R-R-I-E, mm-hmm. uh, Goldman into Amazon to find my books. Um, I'm also very responsive to emails. It's Carrie at CarrieGoldmanAuthor.com. Um, so just, you know, reach out to me. I, I try to be as responsive as possible. Oh, this is terrific. I'm sure a lot of people will be getting in touch with you because you had so many really important pieces of information. And I think what at the end of the day, what you do is you're you're providing the parents with uh, a feeling of of knowledge, a feeling that they know what they can do and that they can handle this, that they're, mm-hmm. that they're not alone in this. A lot of people are doing this, but that they have the power to help their child when you feel so helpless in this situation. Yeah. So thank you so very much for joining us today. I think you've really given us a lot to think about us, clear and easy takeaways and some really specific scripts and conversation starters that we can use with, with bullying, any type of bullying situation. I just, I loved what you said um, about the need to uh, allow your child to to feel comfortable coming to you. We know that children believe that they they sometimes don't have three adults to turn to in a time of need or challenge, and we really need to step up and say, I, I am one of those three, and you can always come to me. I think you've really underscored that today. Great. I'm so glad that it's been helpful. Oh, it's, it's monumentally helpful. And I've written several pages of notes, which I'm going to make available oh. to other people. And uh, they can they can look that up when I uh, put this up on onto iTunes. And I just want to say thank you again for joining us today. I've got my takeaways and all those people listening. I can't wait to hear about yours. I'll be sharing what I've learned, but I'd like you to share what you've learned. So please come to uh, drrobinsilverman.com or to facebook.com and go to Dr. Robin Silverman. We'll be talking all about this podcast. We'll talk about it on Twitter and please get involved. We want to hear your stories. I hope that Carrie Goldman, you'll come and talk to us when we have this out there for everybody to listen to and answer questions if somebody has one. Will you do that? I'd be happy to. Oh, that's terrific. Thank you. And for all of you who are listening out there, thank you so much for tuning in. And what I hope you will do is if you love this podcast like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes, rate, review, and share it away because Other people could use this information, pass it on to a friend, pass it on to a family member who then could pass it on to children who might be in need or teens that might be in need. You might be a lifeline. You might be providing them with just the information they need at just the right time. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing it. That's all the time we have for today, my fellow parents, leaders, and educators. Thank you so much for joining us on How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you feel like you fall short, you've got this. You're here, you're getting the information you need. 
and you didn't do it the first time, that's okay. Never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. I see you. I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know that you are 10 times the parent you think you are. You really are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.